Welcome to the First Day in Football Show. I am your host, Tobias Brown. And like you guys just heard, we are recording. So I'm joined today by a 2023 NFL and pro prospect, Jaron Baltazar, defensive lineman from Wayland Baptist University. Jaron, how are we doing today, man? Doing great, doing great. How are you? I'm doing well, man. I mean, I guess we got to address the elephant in the room. A lot of people are going to hear Wayland Baptist University and go, where is that? So tell us a little bit about your school. Let's let's start there. All right, Wayland Baptist University is in West Texas. Uh, everyone's familiar with Texas Tech University. We're about like 45, 50 minutes away from there. The, what, uh, Texas Tech is in Lubbock, Texas. So we're more like, I, I wouldn't say outskirts, but yeah, the outer area of, you know, Texas Tech, yeah. Lubbock. You know, in for folks, you know, to give folks a little more context who follow our show, Wayland Baptist University plays in the Sooner Athletic Conference at that NAI level, level we've covered several times on this show. I want to go all the way back, though, to your upbringing, your childhood. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up and how did you come to the game of football, man? Yeah, I grew up in uh, Bronx, New York. That That's the place that we do not play a lot of football. It's not very fond of football uh, I played uh, baseball, basketball, really every sport but football. Uh, schools don't have the funding for it. You have a lot of equipment. Uh, later on in life, you know, moved to Houston, Texas. Texas is all about football, big on football. So, you know, I just got into it. A lot of my friends played. I was just always a fan. I never got into the actual sport until I got into the sport. But, uh, yeah, that's really how I just got into it. Sophomore year of high school. So talk about, you know, your sophomore year of high school. You grow up watching the game, but now you're putting the pads on. Did, and playing. Yeah, was there like a learning curve there for you? Or were you always – did it feel like home when you stepped on the field? Uh, I was always behind. Like, um, I was just always, like, naturally athletic. Could do – I was, like, physical athlete. But I, ne- I didn't have the smarts. I didn't know what to do, how to use my body. But – I was just mimicking what the guys around me did. I was like a sponge. So when you're a sponge ready to learn everything, you obviously you're going to be, you know, you're going to learn fast, pick up fast. We talked about you going to Wayland Baptist University. And, you know, like I said, a lot of folks don't know about the college. So, you know, we've helped shed a light on the NAI level and how it's a legit competition down there. But what would what should folks know about Wayland Baptist University and why it's a legit option for a collegiate athlete? Definitely a legit option because it's all right. The only bad thing you can say is in the middle of nowhere. You know, it's a small school, this that. But you, for me personally, I got closer with God. Um, there's nothing to do there but play football, focus on football, lift weights. So there's no distractions. You'll get your degree for sure. Respected school. If you're looking for a job, tons of Fortune 500 companies have Wayland Baptist University graduates and alumni in high positions that can get you hired. Um, before myself, as a pro prospect, my D-line coach, uh, Coach Nizel Bradford, he was a pro prospect as well. There was a kicker. I'm not familiar with him. It was before my time. I came in 2019, but uh they were pro prospects so there's definitely opportunity there if you make the most out of your situation so that's what i can say 
you know, we talked about, you know, the conference you guys play in the Sooner Athletic, some legit teams there, Ottawa, Arizona, Arizona Christian, Texas Wesleyan's had good teams, you know. Mm-hmm. Talk about the competition you got to go up against there at Wayland and, you know, how you feel that helped, you know, shape you and mold you into a really legit pro prospect today. Yeah, so starting with my competition, uh, people will try to downplay the NAIA, but – let, let's talk about it. Like Ottawa doesn't have D2 schools. They only have the two D1s and junior colleges. So Ottawa gets, from what I heard, they get dropped down from like bigger schools. So you're not really playing a NAIA player. You're playing somebody that was a higher level. Um, Langston, that's the HBCU. They've played against Division One schools such as Southern. I'm pretty sure they play Grambling. I'm not sure. I've seen them play other schools. So it's really NAI is like uh, they're just smaller than the bigger schools, but the technique is is there. You know, technique is there, strength is there. It's just the guys are a little smaller. That's that's what I can say about the NAI level. Well, you know what I mean. Kaiser this year, one of the best NAI schools in the country. They played Butler, which is a D1 program. And only mm-hmm. lost to them by five points. So it's not even like they played them and then got blown out. Like, no, they played them to a 31-26 final. So mm-hmm. it's legit competition there. I have to ask you because, I mean, let's be honest. A lot of people have not seen Wayless, Wayland Baptist football week in and week out. And we know yeah. about you as a prospect because when you got to the opportunity at CGS and, at, you know, the FCS Bowl, you made the most of it. But who are some of your teammates that maybe folks aren't as familiar with that – we need to we need to get familiar with their names. Uh, some of these guys are seniors, but they they absolute dolls. Like I, I can now that I went to the CGS and FCS bowl, I can say like they could have played here. Like they could have went a higher level up. Uh, I can go with my guy Kevin White. He played defensive uh, defensive end there. Dog, I, I know he for sure could have went. He could have went to a big D one school. He just didn't have the resources coming out of high school. So it's a lot of guys like that that do not have – he went to a small high school, didn't really get looked at, could have went D1, but, you know, just ended up coming to Wayland. Balled out, got all conference. Um, my guy, Manny, Manny, uh, he wears number four, also plays D-line, linebacker, everything. Dog, like animal. Uh, Skylar Witten, smaller receiver. Quick, one of the quickest dudes I ever played against him. Like I know he could have went, he could have went to a bigger D one, get looked at by the NFL. Uh, let's see, probably a few more guys. Casey Buck, middle linebacker, 6'2", 230 pounds, like NFL size. He he's a prospect as well. He's I think he's going to the Dream Bowl. Uh, who else? One of my guys, uh, Tyrell McAllister, he's co- He's going to be coaching now. He was a senior, but, yeah, him, he was animal too. But, yeah, that's the, some of the few guys I can name uh, You know, they should look at. And with you being a prospect coming from a school like Waylon, what – you know, a lot of people might say, what went into the decision to declare and put yourself out there to continue to play football at the professional level? So can you take us through what that decision was like for you and what the emotions were like mm-hmm. when you – said, hey, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to see if I can play this at the pro level. Yeah, so when I came in, I kind of made it known that I was going to play, try to play pro. And uh, at a smaller school, you know, that's not taken very well because some people don't, like your professors, like they, they just talk about getting a good job and 
doing this. You know, I always had that in my head. Like, I was like, I'm not, I'm going to try to play pro. I'm going to try to play pro. Whether it's anything, I'm going to try to play. So I kind of already had it in my head. My teammates knew what was my goal. So they held me to that standard. Uh, what, what was the, re- the second question? So, and you why- know, when, when you go into, you know, you had made up in your mind you were going to go for it. But when you actually make it official and you're like, I'm declaring – my college time is up. I'm going to be a pro. What were your emotions like? Cause I mean, that's a special moment to make it official and go for it. Yeah. I, it was kind of bittersweet because we had the opportunity. My coach was like, Hey, you, I think you have an extra year of eligibility. But by the time he said that, I kind of had my mind made up. Like I'm going to be training in Atlanta. I'm in Atlanta now, actually. I said, I'm going to be training in Atlanta. I'm going to be doing all that preparing, you know, hopefully I can get into NFL camp, XFL, USFL. I kind of made it known. Like, everyone knew what I was, what my goal was. It wasn't a secret. Uh, you know, you're going to have some doubters here and there, obviously. But, you know, my, my goal was always, always there. But, yeah, I, I was very, you know, it was it was kind of bittersweet. I'm like, I've been here at Wayland for four years. Now, you know, I'm going to leave. I'm going to be at a, living in the city that I did not live in, not familiar with. So, yeah, it was kind of. A lot of support. You know, we talked about you got to participate in the CGS. You know, CGS is very prestigious. You talked a little bit about off the record, you know, about all the scouts that are there. So walk us through what your experience was like there at CGS. And, you know, just what 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 was going through your head? You walk into the room and boom, scouts everywhere. What goes through your head in that moment? Yes. So CGS, first thing happened when I walked into the room, when I just walked into the hotel, you see agents everywhere just looking at your name tag. I have the shirt on now, but uh, they gave us like a, a kind of like a lanyard name tag, says your name, your school, bunch of agents looking at you, scouts just looking at every little thing you do, you just your mannerisms, everything. They're looking at everything. So uh, we ended up taking some mental tests. Uh, there was this machine that they put on our head. It, I don't, I don't even remember what it was. It was just a bunch of tests, bunch of tests the first day. Uh, most of the guys that I saw there were higher level. Like I was seeing guys from like Sam Houston, Missouri State. I was like, oh man, like you know, I'm I haven't went against guys like this, at, you know, in a long time. So it was like, all right, now we got to get get in motion, get you know, work on our technique. So yeah, uh, at first seeing all the scouts just staring at you and all the other guys there. It was kind of not intimidating, but yeah, you're going to be nervous because you do not want to mess up. That's something you don't want to do in front of the scouts. You talked about seeing guys from that D1 level. You know, some people might say like, you know, did you at any point feel like, hey, I belong here. Like, as you put the pads on, you start going. NAIA D1, it goes out the window. Now it's just, what are you as a football player? So how do you feel you did at CGS and do you feel like you were able to prove, like, hey, I belong with the big dogs. Yeah, putting on the pads. Uh, so before, you know, I got I, – I was a little bit nervous. I was like, God, you're going to have to save me here because, yeah, I was I was nervous. Um, but I kind of – I just got it. I just thought – I was like, I'm a grown man. You know, he's a grown man. It's about who wants it the most. It's all these scouts here staring at us. I said, my dream is right in front of me because I remember I had nowhere to play. I, I was thinking about the times where, you know, I was delivering pizzas. I was thinking about the times I was mopping floors that I had nowhere to play. I was just working a regular job. I was like, you know what? Like, your dream is right in front of you. So who cares about levels? 
who cares about any of that? Like right now, we all we went through the college level. Now let's play. Like show me you're better than me. And one on ones went well. I played. My, I was at end playing defensive end. Everything went well at one on ones. I went against a guy that won. I think he won like offensive MVP at the FCS Bowl. Guy from Sam Houston went against him. Uh, we had pretty good. We shared pretty good reps. Um, then I went against someone from like I think Missouri State. Uh, we split we split wins and losses. And, you know, I got some other wins here and there. One-on-ones went well. Inside run went pretty well. I only got handled probably like once or twice, but it happens as a defensive lineman. You're gonna get you're gonna get pushed back sometimes. Somebody's gonna get the best of you. Um, but yeah, after one-on-ones and inside run and just doing drills, like I was just skipping guys and I saw guys weren't really f- fighting me over it. So I was like, all right. So like, you know, I belong here. Like I, I could do this. So yeah, that's that's when I was just I knew I knew. You know, you talked about that moment where you're like, man, your dreams right in front of you. And you talked about moments where you were just working, you know, a regular job, a nine to five, not playing football and not knowing if football was in the cards anymore. So now you're mm-hmm. at this moment now where you've gone through these all star bowl games. You're doing prep to prepare for any pro day opportunities. You're having the opportunity to talk to professional football teams in different ways. You know, has it hit you? Has it come full circle? Like, dude, I went from delivering pizzas to I'm one step away from getting a paycheck from a professional football team. Has that, has that moment hit you? Uh, Just the other day I was watching a TikTok. I, I can't – I'm not going to say his name because I don't remember his name. Uh, I wish I'd him out if I remembered his name. But I saw a, a dude made a TikTok. It was like I was just working at Walmart three years ago, and now I'm an NFL draft prospect. And I was like, I can honestly do the same thing. So I went through my old – I scrolled all the way down, went through my old recordings, and I just saw myself uh, – I was, like, taking a video, and I was, like, with my Domino's uniform. I just shook my head, and it was all those boxes we had to fold up. I was mopping. I was just so mad. And then I was like, wow, bro. I, I almost I – almost, got emotional because I was like, now look at me, like, you know, we, we're there now. Well, not there, but we almost there now. So, you know, and to, to get through that, to go from, you know, being at Domino's, you know, and, you know, for folks who maybe aren't as familiar with your story, you at one point were a walk-on and, you know, you and I talked a little bit, that walk-on grind is, is different. Different. Yeah. You know, and you go from that to working at Domino's to not really knowing what's what's next. Where's my next opportunity going to come to now being where you are today? It takes a large support system and it takes it takes some incredible people to come alongside you and help you through that journey. So can you touch on what your support system has meant to you and just how important they've been to you throughout this whole journey? Definitely. uh, My mom, very, very religious figure. She. Not a religious figure. I'm sorry, not a figure. Uh, she's very like religious, and she just always puts in my head, you know, trust God's plan, trust God's plan. Uh, you know, if it's not meant for you, you ha- you can't fight His plan. So if it's not meant for you, then He has something better for you. So I, I just kind of took it that with the grain. I was like, all right, like maybe you know it's not meant for me, but I'm just gonna keep training. And my father, like. He, he paid for my training my training sessions. I continued to train even when I didn't have anywhere to play. Like I was just training, working, training, working. He helped me, you know, the car, transportation, everything. My father, you know, my father, I had a lot of support. So, you know, yeah, that's. You know, and 
with these pro opportunities, there's a lot of prospects. You know, we talked about the guys you went up against at CGS and all these other bowl games and the different prospects who are available. There's some really good D-line prospects this year. Yeah. I mean, Georgia just put them on display in the national title game just a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Jalen Carter's halfway halfway decent at that football thing. You know, so you see these D-line prospects this year, and, you know, you are one of them. So talk about what separates you from some of these other prospects in this year's class. I just I just wanted more than them. Like I feel like obviously like my story is is humbling and I'm relatable. You can say I'm relatable to the average Joe. Uh, you know, some people might make the joke. If I do get in, they'll be like, oh, uh, they let a piece of delivery guys play in the NFL, something like that. But no, I definitely wanted more than them. I had to go through so much just to get to this point. Uh some of those guys, like they just got to watch out. Like, I'm hungry. I'm coming. I'm not going to fold just because you went to a bigger school than me. Like, my dream's right in front of me, and I'm not just going to let you take it. So, if you take it, beat me. You better than me, but I'm not going to let you just have it. You know, when you talk about that mindset of, I'm coming, you know, it, a lot of guys don't have that. A lot of guys don't have that confidence of just saying, I don't care where you come from. I don't care how big you are. I'm going to come out, and you're going to have to beat me. Absolutely. So, Talk about where that mindset comes from for you. Uh, I just feel like that's, that's just where I grew up from. Just growing up, you had to be scrappy growing up. You couldn't let people – Bronx is a gritty place. You can't just let people get one up on you. So I just grew up just just a natural, just a little gritty kid. Like, I, I'm not going to let you get it from me. You have to go like, – you got to – if you're going to get it, you got to come take it. Like, you have to beat me always. That's just how – and that's just how I play – the game of football, like, you got to come take it from me. You know, you talked about the opportunity to see a lot of different scouts. Scouts are all going to have a way, you know, that they describe the way you play the game of football. But if you could yourself describe the way you play this game of football, how would you describe it? I just – I'll say that guy – like, if I was ex- explaining myself, I'd just be like, that guy right there, he's hungry. Like, he has a motor nonstop. Uh, he uses his leverage – aggressive quickness that, that's what i would say right there if i was watching myself you know and coming from wayland baptist coming from a smaller school if you could tell people about you what would you want people to know about you as a person not just as a football player but the character you bring off the field oh no matter what i'm always going to work hard on this guy as you know my, my story like i'm always gonna just i'm never gonna just sugarcoat things i'm always gonna be honest I'm always the first to show up, last to leave, hardest working in the room. And if you're my friend, you're going to love me. If you're my enemy or I'm against you, you're going to hate me. That's all I can say. So, you know, with the way you play the game of football, you talked about that gritty, that hunger, the motor mentality. You know, scouts are going to obviously have – you talked about playing end there at CGS – do you think you fit more as an end at the next level, or do you feel that you have the versatility to be moved around and be a real chess piece for a team? So I think I think I can play around uh, in different positions, but for pass rush situations. So in the NFL, I know that three technique is a very tough position. I don't I don't uh, I understand how how difficult that's going to be. I'm only 255 pounds, so I don't see myself in there, but Pass rush, I can. I think I can. I can hold my own pass rush against anyone, at any level. So, but yeah, I, I feel like I fit more at end for sure. 
Do you have a pass rush move that you love? We had a guy, you know, Celestin Haba is a guy we had on who played at Texas A&M Commerce, and he talked about how the spin move was his go-to pass rush move. Do you have a move that is maybe your go-to move, or do you have, you know, a wide array of moves you like to use? Haba, he was at the CGS. I'm familiar with him. Uh, Yeah, I know who he is. But uh, my favorite move is the cross chop, so I just run up jab cross or I just straight up just run up cross drop his hand down so that's my favorite move um second favorite move is the rib third favorite move is bull snatch and depending on the passers rep I'll probably do all three just like that should just tell you how my motor is I'm not just gonna let someone you know try to block me so you know we talked a little bit off the record before we started you're a Giants fan and yeah Giants fan big Giants fan you know, I, I was a little surprised, but I have to admit, I'm a Patriots fan. So I I still have some Giants PTSD. My childhood, you guys pretty much ruined my childhood. I remember being a kid and thinking the Patriots were going to have an undefeated season. But for whatever reason, Eli Manning decided he wanted to be a Hall of Famer for five seconds. So tell me, how, how did you become a Giants fan? Let's start there. So that that's around the time that I did become a Giants fan. I was just getting into football. So that first Super Bowl, 2007 or eight, I believe, uh, that's around the time I was, you know, just, I was seven or eight around that time. I was just getting into football. Uh, Obviously, wherever you're from is gonna affect who you pick. Not all the time, but for me it did because that's all I would see everywhere. And people just talk about the Giants. So like just seeing them win, that just made me support, actually get on board and support. And I just got stuck with them ever, ever since. Then we won again when I was in seventh grade. So, yeah, that's I just stayed a fan. I never could get away from them. So talk about, you know, being a Giants fan today. It's a good day to be a Giants fan. Great day to be a Giants fan. That was a tough win. I, 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 didn't, I didn't know if we were going to get it. But, yeah, so it, was a, it was a tough game. My co-host, you know, Logan earlier this year made a prediction that Daniel Jones was going to earn himself a second contract. And he was going to play great this year. And everybody gave Logan a bunch of crap. They're like, dude, you sound stupid. There's no way. Mm-hmm. Are you on the Daniel Jones train now? Are you a believer? I, I am now. I, I am now. I didn't believe in him. Uh, I had a hate love, love, hate relationship with him because sometimes he would just play so amazing. I'm like, how is he not a top 10 QB? And then he'll show me why he's not a top 10 QB. So I, I kind of had my love, hate relationship with this year. I, I can't complain. He definitely stepped up. He's leading the offense. I'm on, I'm on the bandwagon. So talk about, you know, you talked about growing up in New York and then moving to Texas. That's like, that's like polar yeah. opposites. Mm-hmm. So what, what was the biggest shocks you had to get used to coming from New York down to Texas? Um, the weather for sure. The weather was different. The atmosphere was very different. Uh, just New York just have a, a, a certain, like, you know, you're there. It's just a certain feel, you know, the vibe, you know, you're there. Um, Texas. It was just like, when I got to Texas, I just thought it was going to be uh, cowboy boots and what's those little things called? Uh, tumbleweeds. I <laughs> thought I was going to see a bunch of tumbleweeds around and people riding in horses. But no, nah, the city life, you know, it was, and then the distance and everything, everything's far away. You got to drive to everywhere. New York, you could walk everywhere. You could take the bus. So that was kind of the differences I felt. 
you know, so we've talked about obviously the, you know, the all-star bowl game opportunities you've had, but now a lot of guys are starting to, you know, prepare for pro day opportunities, you know, coming from a smaller school, folks don't understand a lot of times when you come from a small school and you go to a pro day, you're actually going to another school's pro day. So mm-hmm. are you looking at any pro days, maybe from some of the bigger schools in the area to try and be a part of? Yeah. So I'm eligible to go to tech West Texas A&M and Texas tech, because they're, I think 40 something mile radius from my school. And they, an agent also told me I'm eligible to do uh, any sit any school in the city where I'm uh, living. So he's like circled the map and showed me what schools. So we can, we can, we're looking at University of Houston, uh, Houston Baptist, Texas Southern, Rice. Uh, I'm not sure if Prairie View A&M was there, but our targets right now, we're looking for um, wherever the most scouts will be. So University of Houston, Rice, and I don't know what the other school. I think it's those two mainly in Houston with the most scouts. So we're looking at that. But obviously I'm open to anything, though, wherever, wherever would accept me. You know, so talk about what that training process is like, because obviously when it comes to pro day workouts, that stuff you're doing at a pro day is not stuff you're doing every day in football practice. So what's your training process been like? Uh, I actually start mine tomorrow, but I I know what we're doing, though. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of speed work, uh, hit flexibility, working a lot of a lot of weights because we have to kill the 225. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not six, four, six, five. So I have to beat these guys in other ways, other ways I have to beat them. Uh, what else? Uh, nutrition. I'm going to, there's a nutritionist at the facility. We're going to see how we can get something customized from our body. What works best. Uh, like I said, I was going to try to play end and I want to be a versatile, versatile piece on the D line. Uh, so we're going to see how we can, what we're going to work, what the plan is going to be whenever I get to the facility. You know, when you talked about being about 255, you know, some people might say, oh, he has to put weight on if he's going to play end at the next level. Well, that's not the case anymore. I mean, no, I don't think so. So is your goal to just fine tune and perfect at that 255? Or do you think you might try to put a little weight on and go up maybe to 265, 270? Yeah, I was, we were thinking, we were thinking go up to two, they were thinking 265, play three tech, but I don't know, I don't really feel very comfortable at three tech. I'll play obviously wherever. I had to play three tech most of my college career because it was a smaller school, you know, but I made the most out of my opportunity. That's why, you know, my stats aren't as, you know, packed up like they should be, but uh, no, I would rather I'd rather play play defensive end. My moves are more set up for that. Um, we're definitely going to look to see if I can put on, but it's going to be healthy weight. I'm going to get rid of this the the extra fat. It's going to be we're going to look right at the end of the. You know, so having gotten to play at Wayland Baptist and played a lot of football there, do you have a football memory that sticks out as maybe being a little more special than the rest? Uh, yeah, definitely a football memory. Uh, it wasn't even, it wasn't even in game. It was probably when my defensive line coach and my, the co-defensive coordinator, they're, they're younger guys. So they're probably like six years, seven years removed from their last playing, playing, no, maybe six, yeah, maybe six years. Uh, so yeah, they're still young enough to put the pads on. So I, I can see where you can see where this story is going. So one day we're warming up, and it's pre pre warm up. I don't see my 
coach, linebackers don't see their coach. So we're just looking around like, where's where's everybody at? And uh, we just – our defensive coordinator just conducted the stretches. We did the stretches. And then they put the Oklahoma the Oklahoma drill set up. So we had the little two – the bags on the side. Everybody just got there. And then they were like, all right, Oklahoma drill, everybody over there. So we went over there. And I'm still wondering. I'm like, all right, where's coach? Like, So we all turn around, and we just see both of them just walking through the gate. And uh, they start warming up. And once they – Coach just starts calling people out. He was like, all right, you and you. And they just do effort drill. We just do the, like, the boards drill. And they just start mauling people, like, throwing them to the, into the stands. And that, that was hilarious. Like, uh, that that's one of my best college memories right there. Did you get to go against either of them? Yes. I actually went against, uh, he's now the linebackers coach. And we stalemated. We stalemated, like, when I, when we first made contact. And then he just, like, moved his arm, which moved me that way, and they just ran right behind the, the gap. So he kind of held that over my head the next <laughs> the next three years. I was going to say, how much crap was talked after that practice? Yeah, they – well, the people that got pancake coach would not let that go. Like, for, he wouldn't let that go. I Luckily, I didn't get pancaked. I just got, like, moved a little bit. But, yeah, he's even that, he still didn't hold it. Like, he didn't, he didn't let, let it go. And he just kept, he's like, I locked you up. I locked you up. And he just talked about it for years. And I got to the point where, you know what, maybe we should just get in pads again and see what happens. But I, I was like, nah, you know, let him have it. I was going to say, you might, after you get done with this training, you know, get the body right. You know, you might, mm-hmm. you might call him out here. We can... might have to call him back out. <laughs> you know, so one thing I always find interesting is, you know, guys have, you know, when you get a sack as a D lineman, because as D lineman, we're not scoring touchdowns every day. So yeah. when you get a sack as a D lineman, that's your one opportunity to really kind of get your little celebration in. Do you have mm-hmm. a signature celebration for your sack, or are you more of a, you know, whatever whatever hits you in the moment? Yeah, it's more whatever hits me in the moment. I kind of have a, I kind of have an idea of what the most viral dances are or what's going on. But sometimes in game, it doesn't occur to you to do it or. It, it just sometimes you don't have enough time. So I just do different things depending on how I feel in the moment. You know, so you've talked about where you feel most comfortable playing position wise, and that's obviously on that edge at the next level. So, you know, talk about, do you feel there's a defensive scheme that you fit best in, or do you feel like as an edge rusher and you know, the type of pass rush moves you bring that you could be an edge in most, you know, defensive schemes. Yeah, I think any four two five four three, I can definitely play edge stand up. Especially after this training, I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to play stand up. But um, the CGS, we were running a three four, and that went well. Like I used my speed against these guards. It was more one on ones. When I did three tech at Wayland, we run a four two five. It's very read heavy. Uh, I didn't really have the opportunity to run up the field like I wanted to. I had to read what he was, you know, I had to do a lot of reading and and be gap, you know, contain, gap, all that. Like, you know, we had to do that. But the CGS showed me that I can play, I can play 3-4 as well. So who's to say, like, I get to 265. I'm, a, I'm not 6-4, 6-5. So with my weight, it's going to, I'm going to be able to move around in there and maneuver. So, yeah, I, I can say really any defensive scheme I, I can fit. I can you know, when you talk game. about being about 255 right now, so one thing that makes you a little versatile is that speed and that movement ability. And in today's NFL and in today's pro football in general, it's a pass-happy league. So, 
you need to not only be able to be a pass rusher, but at times, you know, disguise yourself and drop back into coverage, especially with the expanding of the running back in the pass mm-hmm. game and the tight end in the pass game. So how do you yes. feel that your athleticism allows you to be able to do those things? Now, I feel like my athleticism, I can, I feel like honestly anything front four, like D-line wise, I can do anything in there. Um, but with the weight, I feel like, yeah, just staying at the edge and if I have to cover, I can cover. But, you know, I'm, I'm better, you know, running forward, obviously. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of uh, getting sacks, you know, a scout might might look at my stats from from high school, I mean, not high school, college, and be like, oh, he didn't, he didn't have uh, 20, 30 sacks and he played at a lower level. Well, all right, excuse me, sir. I had to play a whole different scheme. I played, I had to play three tech. I had to do a lot of reading and not I didn't I didn't just get to run up the field and get sacks all day which if I get to the next level get this training get my numbers right I can do that I can do that for you so that's that's what I can say you know and I I think it speaks volumes to you know you talked about a lot of times people they look at the numbers they're going to google your name they're going to look at your college and they're going to say well he didn't have 30 sacks but this Mm -hmm. is what speaks to the type of discipline you bring to the next level is you weren't stat seeking a lot of guys at that level who were like, Hey, I got to get my stats to get out of here. They might shoot the gap. They might start shooting the gap so they can get a sack. You were disciplined in what you needed to do to help the team. So talk about where that mindset comes from of I'm going to do what I have to do to be the best I can be to help my team win. I mean, that honestly, that's a rare mindset these days is to be a team first guy. Yeah. So with me, I'm, I'm all about winning. Like I don't like, we put in all this work this week. We put in all this work, morning weights, we go to practice, we're in the film room. I'm taking ice baths every day because my body hurts. So I didn't do all of this just to lose on Saturday. So my stats is not like, yeah, you know, I care about getting the sack. Uh, we want the sack, but I want to I wanna win. I didn't put my body through all that just to lose on a, on a Saturday. So if I have to play three tech, I have to take double teams, which is what I had to do when I played three tech and mind you, I told you, I feel like I'm better at end. I, I was being, my role was to, t- you know, I had to defeat the double teams. I had to read, do, do a lot of different things that I felt weren't my ideal skill set. Um, but I just did what the team needed and yeah, that's how I felt. You know, so on this show, one of the things we love to do is give advice to high school athletes, you know? So I want to have you give a couple different pieces of advices. I want to start by having you give advice to a guy who maybe came to the game a little late. You're one of those rare Mm -hmm. guys who didn't play at a young age. You know, you came to the game a little later than a lot of guys. So if you could talk to a dude who's just now coming to the game of football and maybe they feel like, oh, maybe I'm too far behind. Maybe I shouldn't go for it. What would you tell that kid about that whole situation? Uh, I'll tell him, you know, stay in the weight room, be a workaholic, and you have to earn the coach's respect. that's one thing that got me far in high school. I got into the rotation because I was outworking every single guy in there. I was I was the first one. Like, you know, in high school, how the head coach show, shows up early. I was right there with him. Like, when he showed up, when he was opening the weight room, I was walking in. Uh, after school, I was in there lifting. And he I just earned his respect. Like, he just – he's like, all right, I, have, I, I got to respect this guy. Like, we got to find a way to put him on the field. Um, he was thinking to put me on O-line. Like, we were just going to – our D-line was super stacked in high school. 
So we're just gonna find a way for me to get on the field and yeah, just earn his respect, stay in the weight room, do speed training. Uh, something I do regret is not getting, not taking it as, as serious in terms of getting a trainer. So if you can get a trainer, somebody that's gonna train you, do least do it. Because if I would have done it, I probably would have been, you know, in a better situation out of high school. You know, and then I want to have you give advice to a kid who maybe just things aren't going the way they thought they would. Maybe they're not getting the looks or the offers or the playing time, you know, and maybe they're thinking about, you know, I love the game, but it's not going the way I thought it would. What would you tell a kid about that situation? Yeah, that sounds a lot like what I was going through. Uh, So it's like talking to my past self. So I'll just tell them, look, like, just keep grinding. Just keep ride it out until you can't anymore, like, they have to tell you you can't anymore. But if no one tells you you can't anymore and there's absolutely no way, then, all right, I did everything I could. It wasn't meant for me. God had other plans. But if there's still opportunities coming up and you can still keep working out, you can still keep training, then just keep going forward until you can get it. So that's what I'll tell them. It's going to come. Just keep working. The last piece of advice I want to have you give is to a kid who, you know, you talked about you feel you're better at edge, but you played three-tech. And that can be hard mm-hmm. sometimes where you're like, man, if they had just kicked me out to the edge, I could be eating right now. But I'm sitting here mm-hmm. at three tech and, it, you know, it can be hard. Sometimes guys don't want to play a position that they don't feel they're as good at. So if you could talk to a kid who maybe they thought they were going to be a, you know, tight end and they got told, hey, why don't you kick into tackle? Or they got told they need to play a different position to help the team. What would you tell a kid about that? Um, a very, it's a very cliche saying, but uh... – if you can play, they'll find you. Like, I, obviously, you have to network yourself. You have to do go to these events. But if you can play, then you can play at your position. Like, there should be no excuse. I didn't have any excuses coming in. Like, yeah, you know, I, I came in to be a pass rusher. I trained to be an end. I, no, you have to play DT now. That's what the team needs. I'm going to do what the team needs. So just make the most out of your situation because – you know, great things come when you don't complain and you just work. So just make the most. They'll find you. You know, and we've heard about what you bring on the field, and we've heard about the type of person you are off the field. So at the end of the day, the ultimate goal is that a team takes a shot on you and brings you in. So the last question I have for you today is, why should one of these pro teams take a shot on Jaron Baltazar? You're getting, you're getting a dog. I'm not going to quit on my team. I'm going to do whatever, anything, whatever it takes. Like, you want to throw me on special teams, I'll, I'll go on special teams. You want me to go kick for you, I'm going to kick for you. Anything, like, coach could put me anywhere. I'm going to find a way to be effective. I don't throw the football. I'm not a quarterback. But if a coach says, hey, I want you to do this, I'm going to find – I'm going to Google. I'm going to be studying 15 hours a day how, 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 to, how to throw football, how to make reads. I'm going to find a way. So, yeah, that's what they're going to get with me. Jaron, I've had an absolute blast having you on the show today, man. Thank you so much for hopping on and joining us today. Thank you for having me. For sure, man. And, folks, that's 2023 NFL draft prospect, defensive lineman from Wayland Baptist University, Jaron Baltazar. That's all we got for you guys this time. Like I always tell you guys, rate, subscribe, and review to the podcast. But until next time, we'll see you guys later. Have a good one.